welcome to another show of a few TSU sports fans. Um, we have with us today Demetrius. What's up, Big Blue Nation? We have Lamar. What's going on, Big Blue? Uh, and today we have a very special guest with us today, um, Reno Thompson. He's uh, a long play football at uh, Tennessee State, and uh, he's with the Tiger Den Group. It's a nonprofit set up with former teacher football players um, that's looking to this assist the athletic program uh, to make it better for student athletes, essentially. Uh, he lives in Asheville right now uh, and works for uh, LifePoint Health. Uh, Reno, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess we start off with your, uh, well, I'm interested in how you got recruited. That's very interesting to me because I, I was not good enough <laughs> to be recruited. Uh, my sophomore, junior in high school was like, yeah, this is not, where, where are my books? And I kept my books going. So uh, <laughs> I had the process go, uh, and what high school did you go to, too, as well? Yeah, as, as you all said, uh, from Nashville, went to the almighty great Pearl Cone High School, um, uh, played uh, all my years there, followed my brother. My brother went there and played on uh, a couple of state championship teams there. Uh, but, you know, for me, uh, playing at Pearl and uh, the recruiting process really did not pick up until my senior year, man. Um, I had really, really good sophomore and junior seasons. And then uh, my senior year um, really had a chance to kick off the season against one of the top teams in the state at the time, which was Hillsboro. They were ranked like number one in the state. We were like number 10. And, uh, you know, they came to... Uh, Pearl Cone, and uh, it was a pretty good rivalry at the time. And uh, like I said, that was just the one that really, really just put me on the map. Actually, that game was played on uh, state TV as well, so it had a lot of eyes on it, and uh, just kind of steamrolled from there. It just you know continues to have a really good uh, senior season. And after I got recruited, you know, I had let's see, I had Tennessee State, uh, Youngstown State, App State. Uh, I think West Kentucky was in on it. Nebraska was in on it as well. So, you know, ultimately for me, you know, the ones that I feel like were truly, truly wanting me were uh, Tennessee State. And I would say uh, App State uh, definitely wanted me too. But, you know, so ultimately from there, uh, when all was said and done, um, you know, I chose to stay at home. My dad played at Tennessee State in the 70s, played quarterback. So he was on a, quite a bit of a, uh, some really good teams. He's from Corinth, Mississippi. So, you know, just following him. And uh, uh, like I said, when the opportunity came, like I said, I enjoyed it. And as a person who grew up in Nashville and going to Tennessee State games and, uh, you know, acting like I was one of the guys when I was, you know, at the games and stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a joy to really be able to do it and. Uh, like I said, it was the best decision I ever made. And I, and I say that in more more ways than just um, from just playing there. But the relationships that I've built and created and sustained from that time. And, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later, too. But just some of the guys I, I got a chance to play with and how all of us are still rocking and rolling uh, tight to this day. So uh, much enjoyed it. Oh, so one thing. Uh, so what did you major in? Uh, doing that and I mean, sort of left that out. Yeah. Yeah. Undergrad was in communications. That's why I got my undergrad. And then I actually graduated early and then it was in grad school my last year on the field. So I was getting my master's in sports administration. That was back when I really wanted to go after uh, being a general manager or either our athletic director at one point in time. And, you know, just when I stepped out and I had a chance to go do some stuff with the Titans and ultimately didn't work out and then just slowly but surely just started working my way into kind of where I am now and I just really love this space of, uh, of my career where I am right now with working in healthcare and doing uh, what is community impact community engagement so basically mm -hmm. you know I lead my company's uh, foundation and uh, how does the company invest and spend its money within every community which it serves and also you know, how do you organize and incentivize employees to go out there and make a, a positive impact in the community so uh, it's a it's a very huge uptaking uh, as well. I did it uh, from just a strictly corporate standpoint when I was working at HCA Healthcare before I joined LifePoint Health. And then when I joined LifePoint Health, it was pretty much all on me just to build the strategy and organize everything. So just uh, like I said, I really enjoy it, man. And it's, it's uh, something that's been very important to me. I think I got a chance to really experience uh, that level of corporate uh, partnerships, even when I was in high school at Pearl Cone through uh, the Business Magnet program that I was in there. So being able to connect with companies in high school uh, really does help shape uh, your thought process of where you want to be uh, after college. And for me, you know, one of the things someone had told me, there was like, you don't need to have a plan B for football, but you need to have a next phase for football. And whether it was going to be a 12-year a career in the NFL or a no-year career, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was going to end regardless, but 
you want to have a, a, another phase to, to your life and not to be stuck in just that once that time is up. So I've taken that thought process ever since then. And whenever I get a chance to talk to kids about it, I say them the same thing. I mean, you know, uh, it's not about a plan B. It's just about a, a next phase of your life. Okay. Okay. That's, that's awesome, Reno. I, I'll jump in. So, you know, you know, next phase and I'm a basketball junkie. So I got a lot of, a lot of friends in basketball and we, we call it life after basketball. Right. So yeah. I see some similes there, but I want to talk about the tiger, the tiger Dan group. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, never heard of it until, yeah. um, until 28 and Jefferson, you know, brought it up. Mm -hmm. but I want to commend you first mm -hmm. for your level of involvement with that, but also I want you to talk about a little bit more about the nonprofit group. Yeah. Um, how the former players are involved and, and, and what are some things that, you know, you want to bring to the forefront so how others can get involved and help. And as you mentioned, the, the TSU Tiger football group is a close-knit fraternity. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I still go by the boys, but... Yeah, on, 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 when, you, when you're current on the yard, yeah, you're still the boys then. There, there you go. Um, but just talk about that for a little bit because I, I, want, I want more people to hear about what you guys are doing, how you're yeah. growing, and um, and some of the impact you guys are doing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so so and I'll say this: we've always been in existence. Uh, we were founded, honestly, by uh, Sam Coleman, a former player, and, and Randy Fuller, I believe, and some other and another individual. I can't think of the name right now, but they started this uh, back in like the late, like the late nineties. I feel mm. like they started it then, um, and it was actually just tissue football alumni. That's what it was. Uh, and it was under the university's alumni charter. Okay. Uh, we, we operated underneath there and that's how it was. And then, you know, you know, and building towards there, it was, you know, a brown about just bringing us back together with each other, spending time together, but also being there for the program. And, you know, as we built through it, you know, Sam was the president, moved on to, um, uh, Coach James, Dr. Jesse James, a lot of folks know him. Yeah, uh, mm. God rest his soul. He became the president. I even remember when I was in when I was in grass when I, I finished playing. As soon as I got done playing, uh, you know, and what's crazy about him? He he was my dad's roommate, my dad's freshman year. He was uh, like a junior senior. Mm -hmm. And uh, but all that to say is when uh, when it when I finally was done playing on the field, he comes to me. He's like, "All right, now I need you hundred dollars. You know, you got to pay your dues." I'm like, "Pay my dues for what?" He's like. <laughs> TSU football alumni. I need my money and I need it. You got you got about two weeks to give me my money. So, you know, that's kind of what it was. And I got it to him and I just kept it going ever since then. And, you know, when he had passed on, uh, Joe McRae became the president yeah. who also played my dad at Tennessee State. Uh, he's my dad's receiver. Uh, uh, he, he took it on. And then ultimately, uh, by uh, this past summer, after us being so, I would say, stale within our approach, um, you know, a bunch of the guys got together. Uh, from from that older generation, uh, it was Gerald McRae, uh, my dad, George Hendricks, um, Herschel Lyons, uh, Brent Alexander, um, Maurice Fitzgerald. There's a bunch of them got together and then we just had a conversation and, you know, I expressed to them like my passion of, you know, you know, taking on what has been built so far and to honestly get to the point to where every last alumni decade is operating and moving together. So yeah. it's about getting us together first and then you know, it, it's, it's about uh, creating the activity that's needed around uh, what we want to do for the program, right? So uh, a lot of things that, you know, we're going to be doing here are uh, mentoring programs with the guys. So pretty much every guy, especially all incoming freshmen and, and uh, transfers that come into Tennessee State going forward will have uh, uh, a Tiger Den member that they can call on at any point in time. And Like a know, mentor. Actually, yeah, I got a chance to work, call to um, – who y'all uh, will get to know. Uh, her name is Katrina Chambers. She's director of football external affairs. Lovely lady, lovely lady. You know, she and I had a really good conversation on this. And, you know, she said, Reno, like, you know how it is. You're playing. Sometimes you just don't want to talk to your coach, right? You know, you just want to mm -hmm. talk to somebody that's just different. And uh, whether it's what's going on with the field or if it's what's going on back home, you know, you just want something different and just to talk to. So, you know, that's what we're that's what we're going to be doing is, is creating that opportunity for those guys. And there is no a consistent kind of, uh, of, of time that we're asking these guys to connect with each other. It's just, you know, just check in with each other. And that's what they're going to be doing. So uh, we did an all call out to that and, you know, already got closely like 40, 50 guys that are willing to be uh, this level of mentors to the to the current players, which for us, 
that provides that connection point of mm-hmm. of what history was like and to now and to always keep that alive. And, you know, that's important to us. And it's also important to, you know, Coach George and the staff. I remember when he first got hired in, you know, a uh, great story about him was that when I was in high school, he was the key financier of a program called Real Sports Leadership Academy. Uh, and uh, I was one of the first graduates of that program and spent time talking with him. And then, you know, my senior year in high school, uh, that first game of the season that, that was on TV, he comes by and he's like watching the game. So when I got a chance to full circle, come back around and talk to him again, you know, he remembered all of that stuff. So just uh, it was it was unique to, uh, you know, to hear him and, and his story. And, you know, the main thing that, uh, you know, when he talked about this and how we can play a role in supporting the program, it's it's those things right there. He said, you know, like that's important to me. These guys are like these guys got to be always connected to the history. And, and you know, I said, I understand it's going to be a work in progress, but he's like, it doesn't matter because I'm here for the work, and uh, and and I'm here for you know doing all I can to you know get Tennessee State back to where you know all of our fans have known it to be in the past, right? So um, that's what he's committed to. So. Along with there, we're going to be playing roles and uh, really kick-starting and bringing back to life, you know, TSU uh, Sports Hall of Fame. So we're going to play a major role in that aspect of it as well. Uh, mm. Honoring great players is going to be key to what we're trying to do here. Um, how do you keep this as a viable entity for guys to want to pay dues to be a part of this, right? It's, it's, it's around that stuff right there and playing in that. So. After we do that, obviously, it's going to be some major fundraising that we're going to be doing and support the program. And it's going to be around supporting uh, uh, nutrition. It's going to be around supporting sports performance. And then, obviously, we're going to play a uh, – we, we look to play an important role in and uh, making sure that when the time is right after assessments are done, getting back on campus, right? So uh, it's going getting to be – Getting what back on campus? Games. Oh, um, there we go. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's, that's high on, on everyone's – list obviously even dr allen's list man so you know man i just you know as as i was talking with all of them man like that's where they're focused on and you know it's the one thing that i can say about not even a year just yet honestly i think they're not going to be coach george and dusty bake dusty bennett who are uh kind of like the first to kind of help put all this together you know there'll be a year probably sometime in like mid-april i think it is mm-hmm. so you know yep. man and i tell people like you know, there really are going about this the right way that's building the program that's going to make it efficient long term and not just the big splash of what we see in other situations. Right. So mm-hmm. they are really trying their best to do this the right way. And and if you're paying attention to it, I mean, from the staffing that they've been able to get, because uh, even when I was playing, you know, we didn't have a director of football uh, of recruiting. We didn't have that. You had a position coach who had to coach, do game plans and try to recruit. You know, mm-hmm. so you got a dedicated resource on that. You know, you got a dedicated resource on fundraising now. You got de- so it's like they're building this stuff up. And even when you look at Dr. Allen and his and his staff, you know, they're adding a lot more roles and spaces. So they really are working hard to build this thing, man. And that's why I'm excited. And that's why, you know, us as as the Tiger Den group, man, we're really excited and, and to be behind them on this effort. And I know that. You know, as things really start to come to a fruition on what's going to uh, be seen here in the, in the coming years, man, like this is you're going to look back and say, you know, TSU, we, we, we do it right, man. And and uh, you can quote me on this and we move to the beat of our own aristocratic drum. And that's what we've always done. And we're going to always do it that way. Amen. Man, I'm so hyped, man. I don't think you understand. I'm so hyped. I ain't going to hog it, but Lamar, I'm going to let you go ahead and ask your question. Uh, you're good. You're good, man. That was good stuff. Reno, tell me um, from your perspective. Uh, so you said we'll go back, you want to move games back on campus. So, and I'm, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. So, and I'm going to ask you first, in what way do you see yourself back in the hole? You see us back in the hole. You see us in a new facility. How do you see that process of moving back on, back on campus? Yeah. So I, I know we all, if you've seen the, uh, the schedule, we know that the John Mayer Classic will be played in the hole yeah. uh, this coming fall. But, um, you know, the athletic department, um, Dr. Allen, uh, Dusty Bennett, and the staff, they, they're actually going through a needs assessment right now, a uh, feasibility assessment on the stadium. And to figure out, because at one point in time, the understanding was that 
uh, for us to come back on campus, we're literally going to have to demolish every last thing. And you know, to do that is like a $3 million job, if not more. Uh, but after going back and redoing the assessment, getting the outstanding on it again, uh, to my understanding right now, we don't have to worry about that. Now we don't have to, we can actually begin to just, uh, you know, build around it uh, and improve exactly what needs to be improved. So, I mean, those are things are what's going to be in the works. Um, I know they're going to do some surveys on some stuff, which I can tell you all about is, you know, from uh, things as simple as, you know, natural grass or field turf and what are the pros and cons of that and all that kind of stuff there. So they're going to be having some stuff going on about that in, in the coming days to, to really figure out. But, you know, I can tell you that it is high priority on their side as well, too, is because, I mean, again, I mean, if, if you understand this and you, you profit money when you don't have to go use another stadium. And at the end of the day, you know, um, the reason why we got into that situation back in 99, it is what it is. You know, uh, well, we can address that at another date and time, but it is what it is. But just know that currently right now that, I mean, they're looking at this and they know that, you know, we have to be aggressive and put together the right plan and produce it and to make ourselves get back on campus and, you know, so uh, that's kind of where we are. So do you see, so as a football player, what's the, uh, I guess from a uh, football player, do you guys like playing on a synthetic field? I mean, it looks nicer, right? Mm -hmm. The field, it looks nicer. You got the, you know, nice logo and all that. It don't, you know, if you don't trash it up, mess it up when you play on yeah. it. But which type, what type of field do you guys like playing on? Man, it, it depends on, on, on the guy, man. It really does. Um, you know, I, I, I like I like natural grass. I mean, I always will. At the end of the day, nothing is better than natural grass. It just it just is. But at the end of the time, this this synthetic field turf has gotten really good. And, and ultimately, um, it does help save money in a lot of spaces, you know. Um, so that's kind of where it comes down to, because when you think about it, if you have natural grass, there is a treatment process to it every year. Um, and you know, when you have field turf, you don't have to worry about our treatment process every year. So, um, you know, that's just kind of where that is there. I mean, I, and if you're asking me like my preference, I mean, I guess I would lean towards uh, a natural grass. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I like them both. I mean, field turf is a fast surface. You know, it really is. Uh, it's a very, very fast surface. So, uh, you know, depending on who you are, you know, you're just like, hey, I, I might want to be on that field turf. So, so it just all depends. Let, let me well, give I'm you a little uh, go ahead, Rodney. I said, let me give my old man high school story. We used to play a team. We were we were fast. And so they were literally, they played us, let their, let their grass grow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Try to slow us up. He's going to play with the grass. It's tough. Like that. yeah. That's my old man story for right now. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do to legally win. I mean, you can legally you can legally do that, you know. And even I've even seen where teams would, uh, you know, water the grass too. So, man, it just all depends. It yeah. all depends. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a natural grass guy, and this is coming from someone who's never played it down in football. But um, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity for the College of Ag and the, and the athletics department to partner and, and figure out you know how they can um, cr create some opportunities to 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 cr create a more natural grass experience. Yeah. Um, we we talk about land grant and and funding opportunities that mm -hmm. typically don't go to athletics. But to me, to grow the best grass takes research. And yeah. that's, to me, that's academia. Yeah, um, so Dr. Young, if you're listening, <laughs> got a project for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. Like, Cause you know, man, at the end of the day, cause what was gonna have to be done into, if it's gonna stay natural grass there, um, it's gonna need a totally new drain system that's gonna have yep. to be put in there. Um, you know, I, I, I would say um, the, that, that whole concrete uh, track, that old track that's there, is definitely gonna have to get pulled up as well, and, and really figure some stuff out. So, so yeah, man, it's gonna it's gonna definitely gonna be a lot of work to it. So it just all depends, you know. Right. I, mean, I think for me, um, it's whatever you know. Ultimately, they decide to. I, I'm cool with it. I just know that uh, my excitement just around that. You know, everyone in, 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 in position of decision, mm -hmm. all is moving towards finding a way to, you know, get back to the hole, uh, improve where it needs to be improved, um, create spots for, you know, companies who want to, who are going to donate money, create spots for for them for, for visibility as well, too. So, I mean, it's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of that stuff where, you know, that is where we're going to be focused on. So, yeah. yeah um, I'm, I, when he spoke, um, 
this is Mickey, Dr. Allen, we spoke about a month or so ago, he mentioned doing containers. And I have seen uh, some schools, they'll use either, uh, oh, I guess train containers, right? They'll use that sort of, you, mm -hmm. you know, have to build, build a suite somehow. So it'd be interested to see like what, how he plans to do that or, you know, or can he do it this year or later on or, you know, any way to, you know, because some of them look really nice too. I've, I've seen they... Yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, make them your school colors. You put a you know company on the back of it or front of it or whatever. So it's definitely some benefits uh, you can sort of do. Mm -hmm. So I was sort of excited when he said something about containers. And as I researched it, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe there's some some uh, possibility here to get some people in there and uh, you know not especially some of the older people who want some you know air conditioning you know and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and get more, but, yeah. you know, they want to want, so, want some soda and some tea and a fish uh -huh. sandwich to relax and watch the game. You know, that's a, <laughs> a good benefit for many people. I'm um, telling you, man, because those boys, man, y'all mark my words, man. Just I'm telling you right now, um, that defense, if you watch that defense last year and what they look like, and mm -hmm. I get it, what happened in SEMO, you know, obviously we, we got embarrassed up there, but I'm telling you right now, something about Cape Girardeau we just don't sit well with. Yeah, my mm -hmm. My, my senior year, we go to Cape Girardeau against SEMO, right? We were number 15 or 17 in the country at the time. Um, tied in the OVC. We only had two losses. Lost to FAM. Couldn't beat them none of my years. Uh, lost to FAM, and uh, that was our only loss at the time. Go to go to Cape Girardeau. We play a terrible game. You know, the referees were against us typically, but I'm telling you right now, still in the whole first half, we played bad offensively. Really, really bad. And when you give the worst team in the conference uh, momentum, they're at home. Mm. You know, you're ranked in the nation. Uh-oh. You know, you mm -hmm. end up going in overtime against a team you should win overtime with. And you lose. And even though we lost on a bad call at the end of the day, like, y'all, we played like trash the whole game. So, mm. so yeah, man. So, all I have to say is that game, obviously, and then Mississippi State game was what it was. But. Outside of that, I mean, defense really, really so they're going to be even better. And mm -hmm. then with this new offense with uh, T.A. coach uh, Theron H., man, um, you're really going to see some serious tempo. Um, and it's going to be tempo with a purpose. So, you know, they're going to run that ball and going to bang against you. And then, you know, they're going to throw that ball, too. So it's, it's going to look faster and more up-tempo, man. So um, I'm saying is this, the first three weeks, I'm confident in those first three weeks. You know, because for those folks who don't know who Eastern Washington is, uh, perennial FCS program. Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, Cooper Cup always in the uh, playoffs. So mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a very good barometer right there. Then coming back to Memphis against Jackson State and then heading down to Marysville against MCSU. So, you know, I, I see a real good opportunity for us to come out of there two and one. And, mm -hmm. you know, after that, you get the bye week and then, you know, you're really into the stretch of the conference mm -hmm. schedule and um you know it's, it's going to get very very interesting and I, I said this to a few people i said folks i'm telling you right now y'all got about two years got about two years with us and after that bible tell me in that third year it's it's we're a real problem mm -hmm. it's a real problem with us man it's just things gonna be rocking and rolling so smooth by then and uh facilities are constantly improving so mm -hmm. so yeah man so now let me let me let me let me ask you this so so you uh -huh. say that from the perspective of what you're seeing in terms of the product or are you you thinking that the external intangibles that's happening with facilities, with process, right? All of those things coupled together with what you see on the field, that's that's what's giving you optimism. Oh yeah, it's all of it. So from what I see is how we're moving um, as a program uh, uh, and how they're managing everything uh, from from even from Dr. Allen's standpoint. But if you just take it out from Coach George's standpoint and um, the way that we are recruiting, still highly recruiting uh, high school kids, you know, that's still the base, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these kids that are in the portal, you got to be extremely careful, you know, just because they came from a power five school, you know, doesn't always mean something. So it's just you got to really just watch that. So kind of is what it is, man. And so yeah, they're going about it the right way. Some of those kids that are coming in that are considered in the, you know, transfer, I mean, they were highly evaluated. They didn't make, you know, they didn't make fast jumps on kids. And I know, you know, in that early recruiting phase right there, there are a lot of people that were just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, y'all, they're doing their due diligence. Very simple. That's all they are. You know, um, you're going to see some more reports uh, pretty soon here. But, I mean, it's it's going to be, is that going after high school? That's the way you build a program is through your high schools, man. That's just how you do it. Uh, you should not 
want to heavily lean on guys coming from other universities. I mean, that's just, it's, it's a quick fix and, you know, it doesn't, you know, build the culture of what you really need to sustain yourself long-term. So, so that along with just how, you know, you're, you're just starting to see guys take to uh, the adjustment and change of stuff there, man. So, I mean, I get it. I'm a one that gets a lot of insights to this and I get to see it you know, on a weekly, daily basis. But, you know, but all I can say is that, um, you know, for those folks who are able to come out there uh, April 9th for the spring game, junior day, uh, they have, as of right now, 170 uh, 2023, and I think even a few 2024 kids confirmed for this experience, you know. So it's 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 it says a lot. You got that many coming. And you actually got quite a few kids that have already committed to some Power 5 schools that said they're still going to make the trade to Nashville. Two are coming from the West Coast. So um, that says a lot about the belief that, you know, kids are seeing into uh, what's happening here and how we're how we're talking and, and working to do this stuff here, man. So like I said, these guys are, the staff is working. Um, they're, they're building it the right way. And, and you know, we're going to be really happy pretty soon here. I can, I can tell you that. Well, one thing I noticed, like, I remember when they first changed the rules, like maybe uh, when Coach Ryrie was in was in office, mm-hmm. you know, they allowed UT and uh, some of the bigger schools they were hosting with the smaller schools, you know, mm-hmm. to come around. And I think once we had Michigan, right? I think they came down. Yeah, and hosted we did the satellite here. camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, satellite, satellite camp here. And it's just sort of interesting now how that, you know, you, necessarily, you don't need to really necessarily need a big school anymore, right? You can sort mm-hmm. of do it now. And it's pretty common. So, this junior idea is pretty new, right? Correct. This, this junior day is new. Uh, I, don't, I know. I think I feel like I feel like, yeah, for the most part, it's new for us. It's not been a consistent thing yeah, over, over the years. But I mean, typically, at like your big schools, they do a junior day every year. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's and that junior day. Sometimes they tie that junior day to their spring game. Sometimes they just tie the junior day just to a particular weekend. You know, for us, it's important that we tie it to the spring game because it's like, you know, eventually that's going to be like homecoming spring in a little bit. Spring homecoming. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to it's going to kind of feel like that because Mm -hmm. you got you got student affairs doing some heavy recruiting for just academics as well that weekend, too. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of activity going on on uh, campus uh, that weekend, man. So um, it's going to be some really good stuff there. So, so yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like it. Even on the social media communication side, you know, I see that all the kids are tweeting out. I see each person make They make an individual, well, mostly their individual invitations. I guess they're sending them some kind of picture and they they repost and say, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. So we get a lot of, a lot of uh, pub and publicity. Yeah, they are. And and even I'll tell you, our internal marketing staff is growing too. I mean, Dr. Allen is really focused on that and, and providing that level of detail. Because again, you know, you know, if y'all get a chance, go and look at some of those schools like a Penn State or whatever. And that ha- that whole athletic department is like 50, 60 people deep, man. Like it's a huge staffing. And we're just trying to work the bill towards that. And that's what he's trying to get to because all of that stuff makes it beneficial and, and to the growth of the program and you know when it comes to having this many people working ticket sales and, and all that kind of stuff that I mean it, it is it makes things more efficient and not to feel like folks are so stretched thin mm. trying to get stuff done you know so it's, it's really getting uh, a lot of traction behind it yeah. Yeah. before before I take you to conference affiliation uh, mm-hmm. your thoughts on that let me ask you uh, so it sounds like you you seem very supportive of uh, dr allen's vision and so is uh how do how do you how does the the rest of the the uh the group of uh, uh that you're you that you represent how 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 do they feel about uh you know the vision of, of dr allen and how do we get more to support his vision because yeah. I think there's some feedback. I think there's some 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 folks who who don't, and and uh, I can tell you that we do. Other three, yeah. I can tell you that Demetrius, Rodney, and myself, we yeah. support his vision. And uh, how do we get others aligned to that and uh, to his vision? Yeah. So uh, as far as the Tiger Den group, you know, uh, we do support his vision. Um, like I said, he he's moving in a space to get us to where we want to be. Uh, and, and and his movements are about making you know. Football, obviously, where where we want it to be. So uh, I'll say that what is going to need to happen to get more people uh, in on his vision, the ones that still have the still skeptical about it, you know, chances are they just don't know enough. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. Um, and and I know he's starting uh, his his process of you know uh, 
coming to his desk. But, you know, I, I'll say man, it's, it's individuals like myself and, and whoever else that's out there that support it when you really understand it. And we're going to obviously get into that as well of where we want this to be. You know, what I mean, like this is this is kind of what we're, we're, we're moving towards, man, when you're trying to think about what makes us, you know, efficient. And that's what this is. I mean, and in making this thing efficient, you know, it's, it's going to cause some growth pains and that's natural. And it's just folks to gotta, gotta really just understand that, you know? So that's, that's all that is. How can we get more, um, more folks to come out to, to games uh, in, the, in the fall of this year? Yeah, um, it's always, a, uh, I'll say right now, I, to my understanding and what I've read from folks' comments for so long, so many have just said that they just don't like being down at, you know, the Titan Stadium. And, you know, others are, you know, uh, they don't want to pay the parking fee that it costs to be at the, uh, the, the Titan Stadium, which, hey, I get all of that stuff, you know. Um, I, I, can't, I can't argue that. Um, I'll, I'll say that, you know, I feel that this, if the product is that good, then I believe folks will come. Yep, winning cures everything. Yeah, that, that, that has to happen. And that's what I believe that will happen. So, you know, for me, it's just this is that um, when even when I think about it, I remember in 2013 when we had that really good season there that went to the playoffs. One of her surround playoff game, Coach Reed's 2013 team, loaded squad, had about five or six NFL guys on that squad right there. So, you know, but I, I can remember they played a few games in the hole and it's not like it was, you know, um, you know, 15, 20,000 there all the times they played there. So I'm like, you know, you know, folks, we we got we, we we played at the hole. So I mean, you know, what what is your gripe? You know, that's yeah. what I that's what I'll yeah. challenge any of our alumni on. Like, really, what is it? You know, so just you know, it, it is come out, uh, support the guys. You know, uh, that matters at the end of the day. So whatever frustration you may have um, at the university, you know, it's, it's if 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 you support the program, support the program, and you know, we we value that. You know, like I said, that that matters to us as a former player, especially when we go on a road game, and you know, whether it's you know, 30 of them or 100 of them, whatever it is, you know, like we, we, yeah, we appreciate that. So you know, for me, it's just, you know, you all, uh, those folks come out there and just got to come see the product. Um, I'll say this, that the prices are going to be reduced at Nissan Stadium for parking and all that kind of stuff there. So um, when we do have, what is it? I know homecoming be down there. I'm not sure about how many other games we got down you there. You said UT Martin will play yeah. there too. So okay, yeah. So so for those, I mean, it's like, hey man, like the 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 parking is going to definitely be cheaper as well. So uh, just just come man. at the end of the day. You you love the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. The guys are going to win. So yeah. I don't know. Can I ask? Let me ask a follow up question to yeah. to Matt's question. So you're you have TSU lineage, right? Your dad mm-hmm. was a football player, um, madness. I think your parents went to Tennessee State, correct? My, my mother did, yes. Y- your mom. Mm-hmm. And and Rodney, I think you, you have TSU lineage. So mm-hmm. I guess my question is, do you think that there was a generational break between what I'm calling Nashville and TSU at some point that maybe is the issue between the synergy between the city of Nashville and TSU? Yes. Um, I, I'll say that happened gradually. When I'm thinking about it, starting around like um, the mid-90s, it happened gradually. We had those good seasons with L.C. Cole, and it was really getting back to that point. And then, boom, you know, sanctions hit, and we just really never really just recovered uh, from that. And then from there, you know, you didn't see uh, – the program itself connecting in the community consistently. Um, that's all of athletics too. I mean, and I'll say, and I'll put this on us as from university level too. I mean, you don't see, you didn't see us really connecting uh, from a university level too. So it's a lot of work that you have to mm-hmm. do to stay uh, in, in, in uh, good graces with these individuals because I mean, I, I, you know, when you just look at students just in general, you know, so many kids are, are, are choosing to go to other schools. They'll, they'll go to a UTC or, or MTSU or, you know, UT Martin or Tennessee Tech or something like that, and they won't choose Tennessee State. So uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, 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 the, it's the commitment to that middle Tennessee space that we have to make and change and really investing in, in getting it back connected with those, with those high schoolers and to, 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 to continue to grow our, our fan base, because right now I mean, it, it's, I would still lean towards consistently. It's still the older crowd mm-hmm. uh, that are one of the consistent ones. And, um, but at the end of the day, we got to 
really start building up. And how you build that is is to create that great relationship with, you know, the younger of the alumni. And because uh, for me, I envision us being kind of like what you see with, uh, if you ever get a chance to really talk to anybody who goes to Stanford, that goes from Stanford University, University of Stanford. That is a private institution. And it is a large school up there in uh, Northern California. And, you know, it's talked about from birth. Like if you go to Stanford, you start telling your kids like Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. And it's about that. So it's like how we treat and, and support our students when they come out to where they feel confident in that university to where they can tell their kids, yes, Tennessee State, Tennessee State, because some you some I know do that, some don't. Uh, and I'm not saying that we want to force our uh, kids to Tennessee State, but we should be able to talk to our kids in confidence about mm-hmm. they do not feel like, well, if they want to go to this place, then I understand why. So, uh, so yeah. Now I think that's key because you know I think a lot of parents, you know, you know, you know, you, you may attend a unit HBCU and then you know you get a job, you know, get a little, get a little money or something. And then you, you, your kids, you send your kids to, you, you know, you don't want them to go to uh, HBCU, you know, you want mm-hmm. them to go somewhere else. And, you know, you kind of look down at the HBCU or whatever. And uh, I think that happened in a lot of households. Yeah, and yes, uh, yeah. so, I, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, it's key that we, you know, we, we keep, we talk about HBCUs and not just Tennessee State, but all univer- uh, uh, HBCUs that it's okay. I mean, as a matter of fact, and it's, it's, not, it's, more, it's more than okay. It's best. It's better, you know. Mm. So. It really is. It really is, man. And, and that's why I'll say, like, you know, for me, that's where a portion of this piece with the Tiger Den Group is 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 meant to begin that muscle of being that piece for the university, uh, and to where more folks really understand, like, um, we have to be the brand keepers of our university, and we have to speak with confidence about it. I mean, too many of us come through the university and have been successful. Mm-hmm. you know in so many spaces and um you know that's why i'm very intentional even as of late man this past year and a half i've been very intentional like even when i'm out at some point in time it's going to be rare you don't see me in something that's tennessee state mm-hmm. i'm doing that on purpose and and even now that you know coach george is the head coach and you know as soon as i see people see it oh okay coach george i was new coach my house ain't going it strikes up the conversation mm-hmm. and it's another opportunity for me to the, uh, to market us, man, like that's important. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, people, you, you come through here and you talk about it proudly, and, uh, but you gotta, you gotta keep it going uh, beyond, man. Not, not just, not just on homecoming week, yeah. you know, uh, you know, like this, this, it's a, it's a year round thing for me, man. And uh, cause I, I know it, I, I learned so much from Tennessee state and the skills that I got from there has got me to this point. So that's why I wear it proudly. Let me ask you, um, now let's get to conference affiliation. Yeah. All right. Uh-oh. So let me, let me, I'll just tell you, let me just tell you how I look at it. For me, I, mm-hmm. I, I love the idea. And I'm glad that Dr. Allen's talking about it going to FBS, right? For me, because I just think there's so much money for TSU. If we went FBS, you got MTSU, you got Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. you got Western Kentucky. I think if we were, if we were to get a couple of, I mean, not all the time, but a couple of those games at home, Man, it'd be yeah. big seller the sellers for. And then you play your other games, and then that'd be uh, be profitable for us. So for me, I would love the FBS. Um, then I don't mind going to the ASON. I don't mind going to the SWAC. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was okay with OBC. Yeah. But at this at this point, I think it's time to move and 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 search for other uh, other uh, conferences. And uh, but you know, I, again, ASON or the or the um, SWAC for me. So what say you? Yeah, um, my stance on it is this that. This is where my issue comes with. This is me personally. This is not yeah. the Tiger Group. So we've had this conversation internally with the Tiger Day Group, right? Mm-hmm. And I've shared my thoughts. What I'm going to give you are my thoughts when we just look at the SWAC, right? The SWAC is, um, it is limited in its success um, for the program. And I mean it by this standpoint. We go to the SWAC and, you know, we have a great season and we win the Eastern or Western Division, right? Well, because we do that, that means we're obligated to play the SWAC championship, which means we can't play in the playoffs, FCS playoffs, right? So for me, my thing is this. I personally, I'm like, I don't want to do it because, you know, I just don't want to play. I just don't want to beat up and play against black schools. I want to play against the very best. And, you know, I want to beat them and I want to I want to beat a North Dakota State. You know, I want to beat Eastern Washington. And I want to be the 
you know, all the Missouri Valley Conference teams. I want to beat them all. And I want to I want to be able to have that opportunity to do that in the swag. It's just how they set up their schedule that limits you. Also, um, you know, and then the other side of this to me still, if we, if we decide to go that route, so be it. Um, at the end of the day, the thought process and what you just uh, mentioned right there is that it's about going up and it is um it, it's about being the first to do that um when you think about our kids and for so long after so many stopped going to hbcus and they started going to you know to your predominantly white institutions right and yes i know that you know they began the destruction of underfunding black colleges i get all of that right um we still as an institution never evolved our process in supporting our universities just in general um we lacked in that, which means everything else about the growth and the improvement of our stuff lacks. So our our best kids have always said, you know what? And I've, and I've heard some of them say this. They were like, you know what? I would like to, but it's just when I literally look at facilities from here to here, it's kind of hard to just do that. And, and what we're asking a 17-year-old kid do is just choose us just because, you know, we're a Black institution, it's us. And it's like, that's not that's not fair to ask of a 17 year old. That's a lot to ask of them. And yeah. when you can go to some places, it's literally gonna give you everything you need to be successful in your sport. Mm -hmm. So that's why us doing this, how we're doing it right now, is feeding towards this next phase of eventually getting to the FBS. Because mark my words, we get to the FBS. Now they're like, okay, huh? You're you're in the FBS. Okay, you're 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 all the way uh division one A now. Um you're 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 consistently playing against top level talent all the times. Okay. Now, now, now we're in business and we can play. So you're looking at us and let's say if it was like the Sunbelt conference that we did eventually move to at some point in time, you know, we're now in a situation where it's like you slowly start attacking that radius, mm -hmm. you know, in those areas right there of, of Nashville. And, and I'm even thinking now we move to an academic space to where Okay, some of that top level talent that'll choose a, a, a MTSU or UTC or something like that mm -hmm. eventually start coming back because they see everything around this grows because when you go to FBS, academic begins to improve too. Mm -hmm. And what's so important, the real key about FBS is this is that when people understand this, that football is your money maker, right? It is the business. Mm -hmm. And you got to support the business at the end of the day. So, with that being said, for instance, if, uh, you know, when Tennessee State, when my years when we went and played Vanderbilt, I think I can't remember how much that game check was, but football does not keep all of that money. They got to share a portion of that money with the rest of the athletic department. That's not a, that's non-revenue. And they got to share money with the university. Mm -hmm. So that's what all of this stuff is about, man. This is about we get into a situation where these conferences are set up. They have great deals. There's great revenue in it and it improves everything around it. So it's like if this is going to be our cash cow, because it is, this is going to be our business, how we make our money. We got to support it. And what supports us is by getting to the highest stage possible. So all I have to say is, I mean, I'm okay with the SWAC if that's, you know, where we choose to go. Um, that is not Dr. Al's decision. I want people really understand that. Uh, that's a president decision. So um, he all he does is provide the understanding of what are the right business moves for the athletic program as a whole. You know, uh, taking out emotions of what people seem to think would be the right thing to do. Um, all you you got to factor in all of that stuff, you know? So I know how some people feel that, you know, I would like to go to a game where, you know, it's 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 Bethune-Cookman or let's say if it's a uh, North Carolina Central that come to Nashville and because I, I don't want to go watch Tennessee State play uh, Tennessee Tech in Nashville, you know? But I'm like, I, I hear you, but um, at the same time, are you telling me that if we go to the SWAC that, if we got to go to uh, a prayer view one Saturday, then turn back around and go to uh, Texas Southern. I mean, are you going to travel then? Vice versa. You know, if one of them has to go to uh, Grambling one week and then the next week got to come to Nashville. I mean, who's to know? See what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I got to realize that like there's a lot of decision that goes into all of this. It's not just as simple as that. So, you know, a right. lot of matters for folks. And that's ultimately why uh, when Tennessee State uh, went from being an independent school all these years to finally join in the conference they chose OVC because from a, a regional perspective it was a it was a fair enough drive for most folks and you feel like you can still get good fan base so hopefully that answers the question I know I walked a, 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 a long pathway there so I'm, I want you to do something for me and, I, and I'm gonna actually do it just because people are just so confused you said can you restate your last statement on why we joined the OVC 
because this is a yeah. big contention point for people. People make are making up stuff. Can you say it one more time for everybody yeah. in the front? And so, the back? yeah. So Tennessee State before 1980, I think six seven. or seven, uh, was an independent school. Had always been independent, and they literally just joined the OBC because honestly, it was a regional decision because all the schools that were around there made it easier for our fan base, because the majority of our fan base that was actively going to games was in that space. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's why you that's why we chose the Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference at that time. And that's that's why it was there. So yeah. Because mm-hmm. outside of that, if we go to the SWAC, I mean again, y'all, like those were some long games. And at the time mm-hmm. they just didn't believe and and through understanding and research that folks was just gonna travel all these weekends like that. Right. Uh, so listen, numbers, numbers don't lie, right? Mm-hmm. Austin P 50 miles. Cause I, listen, I did my due diligence to see mm-hmm. what conference makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Austin P 50 miles, UT mm-hmm. Martin, 130 miles, right. SEMO mm-hmm. 200 miles, Murray state, 120 miles, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee tech, 83 miles, the mm-hmm. furthest drive, Eastern Illinois, 282 miles. Right. Mm-hmm. So Eastern, Eastern Kentucky, 225 miles. That's, very doable right mm-hmm. you can get in your car and go to a game and come back on the same day mm-hmm. so it, it it made it made total sense um yeah. why, why they would do that and Rena, i'm gonna start calling you the almanac because <laughs> your history right you got so much history yeah we're gonna have to pull that out but and, and just and just think at one time mtsu 30 miles was in the conference yeah, exactly and western kentucky, and western and, kentucky. exactly yeah. And that was probably less than 50 or 60 miles itself, 70 miles, something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, even with the swag, you know, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, they were latecomers to it. It wasn't like they were, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they recently transitioned from Division Two to go to the swag. So I, I think we made a decision. I don't think they were even in the swag at that they time. Weren't. They yeah. weren't. They weren't. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a lot, a lot of facts. People, people look at it now and say, oh, it's always like that. It wasn't always like that. Right, no. so really coming mm-hmm. coming to factor. I so I can be messy. I'm I'm being really nice. I'm trying to be nice right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm the messy one at other group. I'm trying to be. Hey. <laughs> trying to be professional trying, today. <laughs> hey, trust me. I'm 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 chilling on 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 these swag folk too, man. Because at the end of the day, they 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 really want us in their conference, man. That's yeah. all. It, they really want us in their conference, and I'm just. And this is my and this is me now. My personal <laughs> thought process on this. I'm like at the end of the day, top to bottom, the swag isn't that good, anyways. Mm-hmm. Not. I mean, you got two teams, I would say three, that are that are that are definitely good. I mean, you saw FAM go to the uh FCF playoffs. They got they got a bid, uh, even though um because technically it should have been Jackson State would have been playing in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I mean, you no, know, fam goes to the playoffs and saw what happened. So I mean, like y'all like I mean it's it's real deal with them other schools, man. Like yeah. it's, it's some yeah. serious stuff. So uh that's why I'm like, I'm trying to compete with the best, man. And uh uh, but but yeah, so like we go to the swag. I mean, you know, we, we I know the rumors of what people feel about you know Coach Sanders down there, feeling that he's gonna leave soon. I'm like, let's say if he does leave soon, man, that's a lot of momentum that's gonna leave with that man. And because uh, like I said, he's pushing all that stuff, but he's pushing it. And who who's who's gonna know how long that they're recruiting stays the way it's staying, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll see, man. But um, at the end of the day. Like I said, I'm, I'm focused on us. And like I said, whichever way we go, all I'm telling folks is to do this is just rock with it, man. Um, you know, the program is being built to, to sustain itself and to grow into something that no black college has ever tried to do, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I just hope that people can understand that and, and, and take to that, man, uh, and really get behind it because uh, they're the vision that, is being built here. We're gonna be proud uh, soon here. Cause I'm just thinking about it like this, all right? I'm gonna really throw something out there, okay? So best oh, case- before, right? before you say that, before you say that, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just wanna correct, fam, you did try. They did try to go to FBS. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had some kinks okay. and uh, of course, and it, it didn't it didn't work out. So I just wanted to- yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, and, and, and the only one that I knew that had, only one I thought they had a chance to do was North Carolina a Cause I knew that they were really rocking and got pretty much everything in space, but I don't know. Uh, I was, I thought they would have beat us there because when you look at that student body yep. and everything, like they are, they're primed in my, in my opinion, but I was shocked that they didn't go. But yeah, like I said, too. I'd like to be the first one to go to, but anyways, first worst, I mean, best case scenario, me, this is me big picture vision out there. You know, um, we make the decision we made. We finally go to the FBS. And if it's a Sunbelt Conference USA, 
All I'm going to say is this. We do that. We get into that situation and we really start to, you know, do well. Uh, just know that we're in Nashville. It's the mm-hmm. most sought after market. <laughs> that we know we're on the same page, brother. It's the most sought after market page. right now. And we, 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 we know the SEC don't need this market. They, they already here. But we know who definitely wants to be in this market. Big Ten ACC want to be in this market. Yeah. So me, as I see this, uh, and this is, again, this is all me speaking this into existence. I'm like, at some point in time, we're going to make that move. Um, we're going to start to improve and get better. And then uh, next thing you know, as we build on our fan base, because folks are going to be coming to the games, they're going to enjoy what they see. Uh, things are going to grow. And then, you know, that's when that 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 uh, Power Five conference is going to make us give us that call and, you know, to be the first HBCU in a Power Five conference. You know, y'all, all I can say is, y'all, Alabama on the high end in 2016, 2017 made, I think their net profit was like $34 million. I mean, y'all, that's that's more money at that time. That's a whole budget. And 20 and 28 NHL franchises. So, you know, we get to a situation where, again, that, that's on the highest end of me speaking this stuff to existence, but I believe in us that much. I believe in our history that much. I mean, you know, quiet as kept. Um, you know, people like to look at us like we're not a black college because we're not in a black conference. But when they look at all of our numbers when it comes to athletics and football, I mean, we always sitting at the top. So, um, yeah. Right. So, I, and I'm glad you said that. And real quick, Rodney, I, I'm glad you said that because I said on TSU Tiger fans years ago, back in 2017, roughly, I said, hey, why don't we just go and just ask, right? Like Big 12, Big 12, I mean, look, man, they've been they've been struggling and mm-hmm. and then they still struggling a little bit. I'm, look, this is totally hypothetical, totally, yeah. you know, just wishful thinking. But you know what? You don't know unless you ask. You, yeah, you know, yeah. you, know you, uh, you, you prepare yourself, you put yourself in a position where you can at least, hey, go knock on that door and say, hey, what's up? They take it no, they take it no, but at least you try. Because if you you reach you go you uh, reach for the you reach for the stars, man. You just may hit the moon, and that's what you got to do. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the, the thing for us though is, is is starting back at step one is getting our fan base consistently to fifteen thousand mm-hmm. every home game, fifteen thousand. Let's get Three. it to there consistently, and then let's grow it to thirty thousand, and then uh, by that time we, we can be ready to you know really do some stuff there. I mean, because again, the program is moving in the right space and. You know, just that that fan base, and I even told Dr. Allen, like us Tiger Day group members and whoever else, man, that we gotta create a street team and just start knocking on some of these old doors and 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 that uh and that all Clarkson Highway in the old TSU land right there, or just across any of these neighborhoods in Nashville, man, just you know stopping by having conversations and, and really representing the brand and, and the university itself, man. Like you know, we just gonna have to do it and uh and just hope that folks can you know take to it. And I get that. Uh, some folks feel like we need to make that olive branch extension all the way to them. And I'm like, let's do it, man. So you know, for me, that's that's what it's going to take is you got to have a consistent fan base if you want to really move up. Uh, and then you just need to grow up from there. Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw over the weekend that Mickey Allen, Dr. Allen was uh, out there uh, at uh, the Predators game, I guess, <laughs> passing <laughs> out. So I guess he's going to start it. But we, you know, he needs some help out there. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, yeah, you know, yeah. You need some, you know, regular folk out there. You know what I'm saying? You can have mm-hmm. a, you know, the, the, the AD. I, mean, I know you like doing it, but you know, you want you want more just the AD out there. You know? Yeah, man. Like I said, he's 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 leading by example, and like mm-hmm. I said, we're, we're working to try to put together. Not working to try, but we're working to put together mm-hmm. uh, a good street team that's going to have a good strategy. I know upcoming pretty soon here in in, in late Q2, so that uh, June space right there. There's going to be some serious conversations on that and what that looks like going forward. So um, I look for us to be very active uh, going forward. Oh, and so you, you told us your your uh, worst experience with the Semo game mm-hmm. so, uh, playing football. What, what, was, what was your best experience? What, what was your – that game was like, wow, that, that was a great game. What, what was your proudest moment, I guess? Oh, uh, man. I have so many. <laughs> I really do. Um, proud moment. I remember uh, – so I came in. It was me. Dominic Rogers Cromartie, Cecil Newton, uh, Javaris Williams. Um, I'm trying to think who else, man, who came out of there. Um, That's a squad. Had, it, it had quite yeah. a few of us, man. And, and I remember I came my freshman year, uh, I wore number 23. So in a locker room, I, I sat right beside uh, Chuck, C.A., Charles Anthony, man. So That's me bad. getting a chance to connect with him. That's a bad dude. Year, that's a bad and, and being right there every day after practice, full practice, man, and just just chopping up and talking, man. But 
Uh, that was it was always good to connect with him. Uh, thing about Chuck, man, was this is that he's the only running back that we could not hit ever. <laughs> Coach Reese would not let it happen under no circumstances, right? And I remember um, we were in practice, and I'm on scout team because only person that actually played our freshman year was Dominic. He was a true freshman, and I'm on there with scout team and. Uh, Chuck, they run an outside zone play, and, and I stuck him. And Coach Reese goes off. You know, he 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 he's like, we told you, you don't hit him. What you doing? I'm just like, he's a running back. Like, what are we supposed to like? He's a running back. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he snaps on me. He makes me roll. For for those folks who don't know what that is, uh, I know. <laughs> that started back with uh, Coach Merritt. You know, whenever you do something wrong, uh, they they make you roll the football field. So, so you had to roll the football field, man, for that. But, uh, but yeah, doing that was a, I see, was a, was still a proud moment. Um, I'm trying to think in some games, uh, had a, made a couple of good plays. There were some really key plays. I remember my sophomore year, uh, we go down to Jacksonville State, and uh, after struggling against them so many years, and that year that was the 2016, I think it was 2016, I think it was, and uh, that was another really good team we had. It was really loaded, just fell short at the end of the season, but uh, blocked a punt that pretty much changed the game for us. And we down in Jacksonville and, and win that game. Um, another big moment. What year was that? Was that, oh, I think it was 06 as well. Uh, the infamous Jackson State game where we fumbled this, the field goal at the end of the game. And uh, my boy, B Black, man, Brandon Williams, uh, he, he's the left wing. And we had uh, Hartman, the backup quarterback. So on the uh, field goal play, everybody, if it's a bot snapper or whatever it is, everyone's supposed to move to the right, right? Hartman gets up and goes left. <laughs> Brandon, be black, be, be black, man. Brandon Williams goes left. And Hartman gets hit, boom, and he tosses it. And then Brandon just catches it and falls in the end zone. And we win the game. And it was just like, you know, we were back and watch film that Sunday. So we watched the film on Sundays after the game. And, you know, coaches going up, he was like, you know, you two hardheads went the wrong way and somehow it still worked out. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, that was that was a great play right there, man, that I always live in memory right there, man. So uh, it, it's, it's a bunch more I can go through, some moments, man. But, you know, those are the ones that really kind of stick out to me. Stuff. Your favorite classic memory, Atlanta Classic, Southern Heritage. You play in Circle City? Yep, played Circle City my freshman year. Uh, played against uh, South Carolina State. Um, they, we, got, they, we got beat that year, didn't we? Yeah, they beat us. They they ran away with us in the second half on us on that one. Um, I don't have any good fam stories. I, I never beat them. So uh, the same way we would beat Jackson State all my years, same way we lose a fam you. Mm. Uh, we, we we had we had the uh we had the miss block and J Javaris he, he gets hit blindly and fumbles uh we had the miss field goal I thought that was Char was it Charles Anthony who fumbled at the at the um, at the goal line uh his senior year I don't think so I could be wrong I don't think so because I actually did not travel that game I didn't that's all that's the one game I didn't travel my uh, my freshman year. Um, so I can't remember, but I know them other years we just fell short. I know one of them, uh, we had a, a, a missed block and, and Booby fumbled on the uh, on like the five yard line. I mean, it was uh, he didn't see it coming, the guy missed the block, you know, he went the wrong way. So, you know, but yeah, man, just it's crazy, man. Family, but I don't have any good stories with family, but I got plenty with Jackson State, though. So, <laughs> you know, plenty of those. I even, even my last on the field, we kind of ran away with it on that one. Hell, what was that? My our junior year, Dominique blocks. A couple field goals, you know, which yep, yep. to this day, man, he, uh, we, we still, what was crazy was that is like if we knew the game was close, we had that much confidence that we was like, I mean, if it's if it comes out to a field goal, we know he's gonna block it. So you know, it was it, it was a weapon we had, man. That dude was special, man. He's special, man. Now let me. So didn't you guys wear the black jerseys? Were you there for that? That was my last year. That was my last year. Yeah, it was my last year, man. I like those jerseys. They were, they were sweet. They were sweet because we went out on the field in some normal, like, blue jerseys before the game and then come back out. We switched into those. And, you know, like I said, it just ended how it ended, man. But, like I said, we, we had that one. And it was just a couple plays in that third quarter. I remember I remember we broke down on a quarterback draw. Uh, we lost our uh, We lost our containment within the interior defensive lineman. 
And that quarterback just went up on uh, up the uh, middle on us and hit that sideline. He's a big, tall quarterback, too. And like I said, that was the one that kind of just opened it up for, for him right there, man. But it was, like I said, that game right there, I really thought we was going to win that one. Uh, what's the strategy behind uh, recruiting so many cornerbacks? Is there, it's because they can be used in various different areas? Or, I mean, what's, I mean, there was a, he, he recruited a lot of cornerbacks. Yeah. What's the theory behind that? Uh, it was, it was a need. Um, it was also when you're looking into um, how football is played now, you know, a lot of like even your linebackers are not the same. Your linebackers, you know, look like traditional strong safeties in a lot of places now. You know, linebackers are looking like they're 6'2 and they're 225. Now, you know, mm-hmm. at one point in time, that was your strong safety. So it's just about having bodies on the field that can run and cover. Uh, with individuals, so uh, that's just pretty much what it was, and I, and we had to get better at that spot too, uh, you know. So so yeah. One thing I noticed last year was like he didn't rotate a lot. I would say like you play five DBs, you play mm-hmm. uh, what else? It didn't running back. He didn't really sub in running backs a lot, you know. And I was sort of mm-hmm. like shocked. So hopefully, I know he had more time to recruit some players. Hopefully, yeah. get a little more better rotation going in because I think some mm-hmm. of the guys got you know as we got little nicks here and there, you know, was sort of. Um, you know, hurt us going forward, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's definitely, it's, it's, it was about depth too, man. Like yeah. depth has to be strong in those, in those spots right there. So it's about that. I mean, some uh, guys they brought in and you're going to make some, some, some big names and strides, man. So from the Bryce Phillips kid that's coming from the West coast to the Deion Villers kids coming down from Lake Gibson, you know, Polk mm-hmm. County down in Florida to uh, Sean Watson Watkins from, you know, East Nashville. Uh, Transfer from Memphis, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, man. You know, you still got uh, my, my boy Josh and James Green, boys, man. They doing their thing. And I know they're going after some other DBs as well, too, to fill in some roles, man. But, um, you know, we we they're, they're filling in some holes right now. So it's like, you know, come come summertime is when the team is really going to be put together because there's a few moves that they're going to make uh, after the spring game as well to solidify some stuff. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely come together. And so it's filling in those uh, depth spots that we need to be strong at for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, also looking at even quarterback, you know, we got um... – it's uneven in terms of uh, not even talking about talents in terms of uh, their, uh, their classes. You got a couple guys who are two guys who are juniors and seniors, I guess, with uh, Bryant and uh, Garnett. Right. Mm-hmm. Got, I think they get one year left, I think. You know, I, don't, I, I, know, so. I, I know you get confused with the COVID year and stuff like that, but I think they both yeah. got one year left. Then you got like Edwin Rhodes. Right. Then you got like. I think maybe a freshman here or there, but it's definitely a wide gap of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, class, you know, and it's like, what's going to happen, you know, like, you know, in terms of, I wonder what's going to happen to the quarterback position. Are they going to add more pieces or, you know, are they content with the new style of offense? Because I know they are putting a new offense, right? And that's definitely going to, you know, the timing of handing off and stuff like that. And you may have recruited some passes, pocket passers, and they really can't, you know, mm-hmm. Run a new offense, so yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I said, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure where they are with the quarterback. I know that it's it's up for, it's definitely up for grabs. Um, yeah. You know, there's not a clear cut guy we know going into it. So, you know, my 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 things with those QBs in that room, man, that's that's on you. Because uh, if you're going into spring right now and they don't, we don't know who the clear cut starter is, then chances are they're probably going to go look for somebody else. That's typical of college coaching. Yeah. You know, they're just going to keep finding and, and see what they can get. So my thing is, while you're here, you're in the room, it's on you to improve your situation mm-hmm. uh, and, and to earn that trust. And you earn that trust by, you know, you you spending time with the OC every day or whenever you have a moment, even if it is 30 minutes, you know, talking to him about game flow preparation. You know, what are you thinking when you call this play, coach? Well, OK, well, it, in situations, I like to move like this. You know, so have you got to have these type of depth conversations to where they really understand that, hey, you're really trying to process and move throughout the game and the game plan and not just show up when it's time for practice. You know, uh, it's that level of what you have to do to instill confidence. And I learned that when I was playing, when I had my old D.C. uh, uh, Coach Lambert, where. You know, I make sure I go inside his office and I literally go through, you know, uh, some uh, some of my old film and, and I'm asking him like, hey, why did you call this right here? You know, because and I said, because I felt like we should have been playing this defense. And this is what I was thinking. So it's like to have those conversations. And even if he doesn't agree, he understands that I am processing 
and I have a thought process and I'm not just listening to him and just, you know, reacting. I am really trying to understand the game as well, too. So, you know, that'd be my advice to, you know, any of those guys out there, especially in that quarterback room, because that's a wide open room right now. So um, you better get aggressive in, in your approach and, and, and learning it and having conversations. You know, QB coaches love a quarterback that has consistent conversation with them about the game. And that's what you got to do. Million dollars worth of game right there. Yeah. 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 One thing crazy. I did say, I did notice that, yeah, all five are getting reps. I think it's five of them, I think. They're all of them mm-hmm. getting reps. So it's like equal. Every, t- every time I see photos the last couple of days, and it hadn't been that many days, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you see that it's eight, nine, 15, you know, 12, maybe it's not nine, four, four, mm-hmm. eight, 12, 15. They're, they're all sort of equally getting time and they're all in the pictures and doing things. So, I mean, yeah, they all equally have opportunities to, uh, yeah, man. That's, that's all it is. I mean, it's, it's what you're going to do with your rep when you get your rep. Mm. That's on you, man. That's on you. Mm. All right, guys. A- any more questions? You can close it on. Nah, man. Reno, thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for spending some time with us. Appreciate all you do with the Tiger Den. And mm-hmm. um, go Big Blue. Yeah. Thank thank you all, man. Like I said, Tiger Group, on behalf of the Tiger Den Group, we do appreciate you all for you know, having me on and 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 hopefully we uh, learn some stuff here and got some good insights, man. And just you know, like you know, as, as we're growing within this, um, you know, and, and I'll say this to every fan out there, um, like I said, whatever frustration you have with where things are right now, I ask that you stay glued, but I ask that you also still um, take the time to still invest uh, back into the program. Um, and I ask you to even invest into the university itself. And when, because when you choose to work, and I say invest intentionally and not give, because uh, sometimes we can give money and just be like, okay, boom. When you invest, you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. So when you invest, you're going to pay attention and you're going to give, you're going to say, hey, what's up with this? You know, I gave this for this. You know, why is this, you know, not happening kind of a deal, right? So uh, it, it's on us to put that pressure, you know, uh, on our university. And, and, and the folks who put that pressure on the athletic department, trust me, uh, you know, they're working and they hear you uh, and, and they know that that what you're saying is coming from love. So, uh, like I said, just uh, be mindful of that. And like I said, it's go big blue, man. This, uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be a, a, a good year. Uh, it's going to be a good year. Well said, Reno, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Go big blue. All right. Yeah, go you. big blue. All right.